0: DM friends, Welcome to episode 11 of Rug Radio and NFTs Beyond the Floor with me, Ben the Greek, your host. Episode 11. So that is 10 previous episodes, all nestled comfortably in Spotify podcasts. And if you haven't listened back to any of the previous episodes yet, please head over to my profile now. Give me a follow. Click the link in my uh, bio um it's a link tree link and it will take you through to the podcast where you can follow the podcast and you can listen back to the previous episodes and please give each of the speakers who are present at the moment um a uh a follow also because we have been squeezing our guests for insight now for the last 10 episodes and uh and it's been very very exciting Um, We've been delving deep into some of the most exciting projects in Web3, listening to people delivering content, the content that makes the difference and building the brands of the future. And uh, we bring you a show that moves away from the review of the markets and the NFT gossip, what's been going on for the last few days. And we really focus on what founders and builders with intent are doing to develop the space. Um, Our focus remains on the importance of storytelling in Web3 and the power of narrative to make a project unmissable. Um, I currently open this series every Monday and Thursday at the same time. So that's 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 midday Eastern and 5 p.m. here in the UK. Um, But I may be announcing some changes to those timings in the next few days as we look to strike a balance that suits guest speakers and listeners alike. And so I'm thinking our Thursday show may move to a little earlier in the day to just grab some more audience from other parts of the world. Um, as usual, I am joined by a panel of friends from the space. So hello to Tom Youngs. Hello, Tom. Good day, sir. How are you?
1: Oh, mate, I'm fantastic. I've had a a lovely weekend a little extended weekend yeah. um and uh yeah kind of enjoyed have enjoyed watching kind of the uk unite and celebration today so been quite yeah excited to be here with you guys been quite impressive hasn't it i would say been very impressive yeah and um yeah uh, so i think a lot can be said for the level of structure and uh, pageantry that's gone on today but excited to hang out with you guys and um
0: uh, kind of uh, reset the tone a little bit uh, for what we're, what we're chatting about. Absolutely. Um, hello to NFT Spaceman.
2: Hey Ben, great to speak to you. Uh, you guys, uh, super super excited to uh, hear from Blair today and hear all about the uh, uh, project. Super uh, super stoked for that. Yeah, awesome.
0: Um, I've also got Clemente in the audience who I've invited to come up, but he may be uh, stuck at the moment, so maybe we'll say hello to him in a little bit. Um, last thursday <laughs> we almost met <laughs> with uh, professional boxer connor ben in advance of his upcoming project ben ft um showcasing a very different use case for nfts with like elite athletes or other celebrity um it's a real shame he couldn't come up and join us um he got pulled into a meeting regarding an upcoming boxing bout um, just before we went live, and so yeah, it was a shame. But his team did a great job of filling us in on that project, and I think it will be fascinating to see how this type of project gains traction in the months ahead of us. Um, I, I particularly liked the fact that he was a young athlete at the beginning of his career, with the whole career ahead of him, and so this didn't feel like that kind of cash-grab swan song you know, last moment in the sunshine before before bowing out. And so, yeah, very, very interesting to see how that one develops. Today, our guest is a fashion illustrator with a love for drawing, powerful women with really expressive features, big lips, big hair, big lashes. Um, she sells original artworks and prints of her illustrations, but she's also often hired by fashion and beauty brands like Chanel and Prada for collaborations. Um, welcome to NFTs Beyond the Floor to Blair Breitenstein, who I think, I hope, I hope I've got that uh, surname pronunciation right. And also by Howelia from 1989
3: Sisters. Hi, this is Blair. Hey, Blair. Um, and that was the correct pronunciation of my last name. So Excellent. thank you. Good job. Um, <laughs> And Hayden, you
4: want to say hi? Hey, yeah, this is Hawilia uh, uh, Hayden, you can call me. Um, <laughs> and it is great to be here. Great. excited. Uh, and c- congrats on the 11th episode. Listen to to some of the past ones and they're fantastic and great to have it up as a podcast as well. So thanks for everything that you're doing for the space and highlighting uh, all these other great uh, collections and artists.
0: Thank you so much. And and I, I really appreciate you also pronouncing your name and allowing me to call you Hayden because I was really struggling with that one.
4: <laughs> I don't even know I don't even know how to pronounce it to be honest. I, I chose it as some random name like ten years ago, just because it's kind of an amalgamation of my first, middle, and last name. And it uh so I, I wasn't even sure how to pronounce it when I said it, so anything would have worked. <laughs> nice. Well, pleasure to
0: meet you both. Um very quick admin. The format for these spaces is We have obviously you guys up as guests. We have a panel of speakers um, and we typically chat away, ask a number of questions for like 45 minutes or so. And then we look to invite a number of people up from the audience to give a view or ask a question. So um, I guess before I get going, we've got a few additional people in here now, which is great. Um, Very quickly resetting the room. Uh, it would be fantastic if each of you could uh, jump on the share button top right hand of this, not the end button, but the, the one with the little arrow pointing upwards. Um, that will allow you to share the space out and invite more people to come and join us. Um, let's start with uh, an obvious first question, Like, and it's always the best place to start. Can you give those that don't know, And myself Uh, a quick summary of your career to date Blair but also 1989 sisters or 1989 sisters however you pronounce it I guess I think it's something to do with your year of birth but also the number in the collection tell us about the project the art the utility etc be great to understand more
3: yes I would love to tell you about myself and the project so I'll start with a little bit uh, about my background. Um, I have been a full-time artist for seven years living in New York City. And um, you kind of briefly touched upon it, but I kind of got started um, with clients and fashion brands hiring me because I started posting on Instagram um, about 10 years ago and I started getting work that way. So some of the types of projects that I have done in the past and also continue to work on are illustrations for magazines. So I've worked with um, Australian Vogue, British Vogue. Um, I was a illustrator for Glamour Spain for two years, so I had a page in there every month for, um, I think it was like 2016 and 17. Um, and then I also work on various projects with brands on things like packaging, so I, I did packaging with Fresh Cut Cosmetics, um, I've worked with MAC Cosmetics on store window display, and most recently I did, um, I worked with a brand called Allison Olivia um, on their window display for Saks Fifth Avenue in New York, which was a dream project. Um, and. And yeah, so I, I absolutely love working with fashion brands. And then um, aside from that, I also just continue to post on Instagram almost every day and sell my artwork um, on my website. So I have always been inspired by fashion magazines and vintage fashion photography, which is where my style comes from. I think um, I grew up just looking at ads and magazines and um, seeing models with really exaggerated features and Big eyes and long limbs. And I think that's really where um, the style of mine came from. Um, And this all leads me to the 1989 Sisters project. It is 1989 Sisters, but it's easier to say 1989. Um, It's both the number of PFPs in the collection and also the year I was born. So the collection is, um, is... called Sisters. I think that when I was building the project, um, like many other women in the space, I was kind of trying to create something that appealed to um, to me and also kind of my Instagram audience. And so I just wanted to make sure that I came up with a title that really um, was a good word for a group of women. And I think that sisterhood is um, a great word to use like to describe a really strong group of women. And um, I'm a twin. My sister and being a twin is a big part of my life. And so that's where 1989 came from. Um, and I was really interested in the space because I, like I said, I, I had been doing art for seven plus years and I had really been using Instagram as my main tool to share my artwork. And I, I was started, kind of wanting somewhere new to share my artwork and a new place to build an audience. For me, Twitter was completely new. Um, I created the 1989 sisters Twitter around when I launched a project in November. Um, and as the algorithm for Instagram changes with things like reels, I just, I really didn't want that to be the only place that was, um, I felt I feel like they're kind of responsible for what happens with the way that I share my artwork. So one of the reasons why I was really interested in creating an NFT collection is it just felt like a new safe place to kind of dive into and share my artwork among many other reasons. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's, I got really excited about Web three and the NFT platforms. So yeah.
0: Amazing and and so you minted earlier this year um January is that right
3: so the project launched in November actually it's almost the one-year anniversary oh wow Um, and we sold out in January
0: okay amazing and like what's it been like then minting a project that was you know quite buoyant and then you know how have you felt watching the space for like the last eight nine months
3: I think that I had a really um, – I was really fortunate to launch in November when people were very excited and bullish on projects. Um, I think that really – I'm still very excited about the space, but I definitely feel like November was a great time where people were more freely spending ETH and diving into projects that, um, that didn't necessarily have a, a really a, – parent utility maybe I think now people are being very careful and it's like they're only buying an NFT if they're getting something else out of it and I think later we're going to talk more about the narrative but I think that since people were really bullish on projects I didn't have to have this like if you buy a sister you get something else and I feel really lucky for that because I really wanted the artwork to be the main reason for people to come into the community Um, and so I think that the timing what allowed me to kind of really embrace that narrative that you're buying into the project for the artwork and there will be more to come, but it wasn't this like trade off for that. You get something for free or um, which I think now people are really expecting something really great from buying an NFT versus um, loving it for the art and the community. And I do still think those things are really important. um, You know, different projects have different reasons for being. And, and my main reason is for the art. So Hayden.
4: Yeah. I, you know, I think it was also interesting in that we, I I'm supposed to be the the person helping with marketing. I've never marketed an NFT project before and we we launched it in a great market, but even then it took us a few months uh, to mint out. And ultimately I think that resulted in a really awesome community of people who kind of, whether they were pre existing fans of Blair's or they just found the art and it really resonated with them. And they kind of came for all the right reasons, right? Rather than this kind of, you know, us finding some artificial way to build up demand and building up all these lists and giveaways. And all of a sudden it mints out. And, you know, in a few minutes, which don't get me wrong, we wouldn't have turned that down. But it was more of a slow build, even though it was a hot market, it was more of a slow build. And it did take uh, a few months uh, to January. But because of that, I think we had this really incredible community of people who found us and were minting when it wasn't just minting out, you know, in, in minutes as people that came and we, we maybe minted a, a a third in, in, you know, the first couple of days, but then it was more of a slow build. Uh, and I think it's, we, we were, we're fortunate now to have people that came because of the art, um, not because of some, amount of hype and now we have this really awesome of, uh, community of people whether they knew about blair before or they found her through the nfts and i think because of that we we have folks that are still around and still in the discord and and around just because they like the community and the art and th- that that's been fun
0: it's fascinating you talk about that too like the whole idea of the trade-off and the fact that nft projects you know they they launch we've fallen into a system right as a as a as a and I'm talking as a community more broadly about web3 we've fallen into a system where you announce that you're about to do something and I think I guess I'm speaking here predominantly from an artist's point of view I'm not an artist by the way but I work with one very closely and the idea that you need to put your art forward and if people purchase your art you then have to provide something afterwards. It does feel like something that we've fallen into without necessarily being considerate of the fact that before this, if you wanted to purchase somebody's art, it was so that you owned the art and you know you could frame it and hang it on the wall, but you didn't then just immediately get access into a back catalogue of all kinds of things or this future development. And And so whilst Web3 has been terrific for artists, It hadn't really struck me until you just said that, Blair, which is really strange because I I should be thinking about that all the time, about how building communities for the right purpose or building them with the right intent is a really, really important point. And it's just something that perhaps, you know, I feel like we've fallen into a bit of a trap. Do you agree?
3: Yeah, I um, I think that... There are all different types of projects too. I think that as a shopper or an NFT collector, you you might be a person that is interested in an NFT because of the utility or the loyalty program or something. For me, um, I think the first NFT project that I was really inspired by was an art f- came from Art Blocks. Um, I am really interested in Tyler Hobbs and um, his work and collecting his work is purely for like the art and the, the mixture of technology and art. And I'm so inspired by that. And so um, I think that I do think that there are a lot of people that um, or maybe not a lot. I don't really know what percentage of people are collecting art, sorry, collecting NFTs as art and what percentage are collecting them for something else. But yeah, I do think that in general, the narrative of the NFT space is, We've, we have fallen into that um, the yes. system of buying an NFT to get something else. And I just think it's a slippery slope because then forever, are you providing something else forever? And then the second that you stop, is it a rug pull? And is that sustainable to be able to provide something else other than the art forever? Like that is very confusing to me. I think about it all the time. And I've talked with a lot of artists too that um, – we're really excited to make a project and, and didn't really think about the, um, the nature of people asking them now, what do they get out of it? And so I, I do try to tell artists when I have a chance to talk to them offline, just make sure that, you know, um, that people are going to ask you that and, and just to take note and think about it before you go live.
0: For sure. For sure. and And it's, um, really interesting point something i'm going to give a bit more consideration to nft spaceman you've been patiently waiting with your your hand up
2: there Ah, oh, mate you're always so uh, so kind we're so british on this call aren't we I, <laughs> I, I love it um, <laughs> um no i'm interested to ask uh ask the team like you know decades ago i i bought um physical artwork from uh, students at so uh, their their graduate fairs and stuff and Honestly, it made my wife and I super happy to think we were investing in something that might might be uh, cool going forward. But more so, you know, sort of rewarding the work and um, just showing like that we 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 loved loved the pieces. Uh, I'm I'm super interested. Like one of my favorite things about the space is it's gone from that and like small galleries to literally global reach for your project. So I just wonder like 2000 pieces you know the spaces as it as it uh was that period you're talking about uh, how did it feel and, and and how did you um yeah how did you find out like who was buying the work like where are they who were they did did you uh did you get really excited about that
3: um well discord um has been instrumental in the way that I keep in touch with the people that are buying the artwork. And that is really different from the past seven years where people have bought my artwork. I, I used to sell it out. Um, or sorry, I used to send it out in the mail. I would package it up myself from my studio and send it to people. And beyond that, I didn't know who they were. I knew where it was going. Um, now I don't even really send out my own artwork. I have someone that does that for me. Um, But I think that what's really special about Web3 and selling my NFT collection is the ability to really know who purchased the artwork. And I learn about them in Discord mostly. Um, We have a really active Discord. And it's actually really international too. And we offer or I sell prints of sisters to um, the holders. And I've sent them to so many different countries, which has been really cool. Um, I also had a meetup during NFT NYC and that's a different way that I've connected with my collectors. I've never had anything like that, um, for the people that are, have just bought in my, I guess I would call it physical art before this. And, um, and even just when I've participated in things like art fairs, um, I don't feel like people are super social at those things. I feel like people stand really far away from your art. And like kind of side-eye it. Like no one is, everyone's kind of (laughs) afraid to really engage with the artist or each other. Um, And so, yeah, I think Discord is a main way that I've connected with people. And then Twitter, people sharing um, when they've bought a piece. And even still we have uh, a sales bot and, and people like love kind of retweeting that. And so I can see I'm always like notified when, when something's been sold. And so, um, but yeah, for the most part, I think Discord is a really great tool um, to connect with the people that are buying it and, and also to know what they want out of the project, um, what they want in the future, if they want more meetups, if they want more utility, I think it's a really interesting tool that is unique to the space.
2: Yeah. I love, I love that. You know, the, you can, you know, the fact that you've got direct line and they've got direct line to you, more importantly, to talk about physical pieces and, and maybe buy, buy more and, and different. Uh, I love that. So, yeah, congratulations. Like, huge work. Amazing. Thanks, Space thanks. Man. Um, Clemente, do you want to go
0: for
5: it, buddy? Yeah. Yes. Hey, thanks, Ben. Uh, oh, and just, by the and... way, welcome. Uh, oh, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't say hello so, at the beginning. Uh, so, I, I, welcome, I, Clemente. I jumped on a bit late. The... Uh, Ben and I always get, <laughs> we, we've had troubles with time zones in the past because I'm on Pacific time, so it's, it's 9.30 over here and over over 5.30 over there for you. But um, one of the things I was curious about, I, I, I heard you talking about um, the idea behind like, hey, this used to be something where it was in the beginning, the idea was, hey, this is about the art. Um, and it has been something where I think a lot of artists have kind of struggled with this idea of like utility for art like why does the art need to have utility? Um and that's something that was extremely common. You almost need it to have it seems like um at the beginning of the year when the space was was a lot earlier is like hey okay I'm buying this what am I getting in return for it? And I know it's something that Ben and I have, have talked a lot about. Do you feel like the the space has evolved and now maybe that that the space is maybe getting a little quieter now depending on the market that we're at. And I think to be honest, I think the space is just maturing a little bit more. And given the fact that you only have a collection of, of 1989 versus a lot of these 10 K collections, do you feel like your, your audience and and the groups of people that you are maybe how how in terms of a percentage, do you, what do you feel like if someone buys your collection, how many are buying just for the art and how many are buying maybe to speculate or maybe to, um, get some, some sort of utility out of it?
3: Um, I don't know what the percentage would be. I think one thing that I did up front was really, really, um, like boost the message that we want you here if you're interested in buying the art. And so that's, I really do think the people that bought it came, um, with that in mind but i will say i had this like kind of added added um story piece which is that i also have been a working artist in the space and have worked and work with um clients commercial fashion brands and that as i continue to do that it will make the art piece more valuable um, which i think is sort of unique to my project or just being a docs artist in general And so there's also like that less desire of the utility or getting something else out of it because it's more of like a collector's item Um, since I am already what I would call an established artist. I'm not a first time person picking up a pencil. I'm not a a tech person that decided to dive into the space. Um, And both of those things are fine and great and can make great artwork, but but I think what's important to also remember when you were buying a sister or are buying a sister now is that, um, this is like another piece from an established artist. And so I think that the people that came into the collection, um, if you followed me from Instagram or my earlier days, which I see me and teeny in the audience, like she's been collecting my artwork for years. She's bought in one of my pieces from a gallery in London when I showed work there. Um, and so I feel like I'm speaking on her behalf, but um, I've had people, we have people in our community like that that have come in, um, that have bought my artwork in the past. And so, yeah, I don't know what the percentage is, but I would like to think that hopefully that helped in my case where people weren't expecting something else just because it could be a collector's item or, and it is my first NFT collection and it is kind of like a new medium for me. It's the first time I, worked with a developer so there's like a tech component to my hand drawn drawings and um and yeah
5: love that nothing i appreciate the clarity and tom I'll, I'll let you jump in here but i think it, the last point i want to jump on here is i think as, as artists especially in this space when it's such an attention heavy space um it can be easy sometimes or or I think extremely tempting to go, hey, how do I appeal to the broader masses and, and maybe where the money might be at and, and bring on some of these speculators through teasing utility or airdrops and or giving a percentage of the profits to the Dow and all those things. So I, I, I love the fact you kind of stuck to your guns and said, hey, no, this is more about the art and, and this is what the goal is. Um, you're either, you can be a part of it or not. Um, and I think when you have a smaller collection, like under, under 2000 pieces, it allows you to do that with a little bit more freedom.
3: Yeah, I think so too. I think another thing that's interesting about having a smaller collection is um, like the quality and, and intention behind my PFP collection too, is it's definitely a PFP collection. um, But I didn't just add a bunch of like, skin tones or assets, accessories to build up the collection. I went back in when creating, like I spent so much time drawing these assets and working with my developer. I took things out. Like I took out a lot of sunglasses that I originally had put in because um, like I was maybe trying to beef up the, the collection or the number. And, and then I, I pulled things out just because I wanted it to also just look the best and and really authentic. Like I've never done purple skin in my drawings before. And, um, I had noticed that some other PFP collections did. And at one point I had this, a purple skin layer and it wasn't authentic to me. It's not normally what I do in my drawings. And it kind of just felt like it was something that I was using to maybe add a like extra 30th, um, feature and so i think that's another thing that is um i just i love to talk about the process of creating my project too is um i definitely took things out i edited it and i think that's what makes it also i think that's what makes every single avatar um look good
0: awesome thank you so much and uh i agree with clemente like it's a really brave thing
3: to just be really really
0: clear that this is art led tom go for it thanks yeah first up
1: Clemente, welcome, mate. Great to have you on the panel as well, and um, seeing nice little dead fellas on the on the panel. Um, but yeah, uh, so that uh, kind of a question because we've obviously spoken about how um, the conversation has kind of gone round about uh, how the 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 time at the moment is really moved on from probably the speculation phase of NFTs, and the the name of this the name of this show is Beyond the Floor. So if we're trying to really move NFTs forward, we kind of have to focus on kind of a future forward conversation now um you're like you said you're an you're an established artist um you've got an amazing back catalogue how have you how do you think or have you, if you have any advice for kind of young emerging talent and uh, artists who potentially are looking to maybe democratize their artwork and their portfolio using web3 tech do you have any kind of like specific advice or Um, maybe things to be be wary of for young young artists maybe looking to engage in NFTs?
3: Um, I think that one of ones are really interesting. I feel like this goes back to kind of like talking about numbers and and big collections and the numbers that are in collections. I think um, that there are a lot of amazing artists out there and that they shouldn't be they shouldn't feel like they have to create a 10,000 piece collection to be successful in the space. I think it goes back to being like authentic to yourself and your work. And so I would encourage a lot of artists that are trying to like dip their toe in the water of NFTs to maybe start with one of ones. If your art um, leads itself to that um, kind of that area, I think like quality is more important now as Um, you know as people are being more particular in what they're buying and so this like fast paced sell out create a 10,000 piece collection of any kind is just kind of like going um, out of style a little bit like I think they're still really important and they can be really cool collections but I think that when I talk to artists because I do I I talk to like a lot of artist friends and peers in the space I just would like encourage them to really be like um, be authentic to the artwork that they're creating, and and look into or experiment with things like one of one of ones um, as a starting point. That's really specific, but <laughs> I in in my mind, I'm really interested in in that space.
1: Sure, yeah, I really appreciate that. A really quick follow up um, based on what you said about how this is the first time you would uh, had to work with the dev or the tech side. Have you got any any advice for 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 people who perhaps that's that is the really scary aspect of NFTs. um, How do you initially navigate that? Or what what would you recommend to any people to how how to kind of
4: get around that? Hey, well, uh, this is Hayden chime in It is actually uh, our developer is one of my best friends, um, who's now one of one of Blair's closest friends, but we were fortunate to have a developer in our network. Um, who we were able to work with, which I think probably made it a lot more, uh, maybe less intimidating for for Blair. Um, One thing I've seen work is just people, and even to your last question about advice, now I'm also not an artist, but I I think for anyone, spending time in other discords, um, if you're considering entering the space, is just such an incredible way to learn and to meet People, whether they're new to the space or they're in the space and through networks, I think that could be a great way if you're an artist who's looking to learn more or if you're looking to, for collaborators. I, I've found a, I've seen a lot of um, collaborative relationships start, uh, whether in our or, or other people's discords, because you have a lot of like-minded people and everyone's at a different stage in their NFT journey. But uh, from my perspective, that could be a good place if you're not fortunate uh, like we were to to know a developer. Um, and by the way, this was his first NFT collection. So he kind of taught himself. He he had a very strong coding background, but this was also his first time doing it. So it's very iterative. And I, I, you could look at some of the earliest iterations of sisters and they looked nothing like the sisters now. And it was just through lots of experimentation that we actually got there. So I think that there's lots of different places to find collaborators. Um, and even if they've never done uh, NFTs before, I think, just starting to work together and starting to just experiment could be uh, a great way. Just on the technical side, and then just on the social side to, to find people, um, spending time in other people's discords could be could be great. And Blair,
3: yeah, I think um, uh, specifically working with a developer, I um, I feel like because I've had brands reach out to me to ask me about um, like NFT projects and finding and working with developers, it, it can be very expensive to work with a web three developer someone that has any experience um and so i do think that there's this benefit and cool like learn chance to learn for anyone that's a developer that hasn't necessarily worked in nfts before and a lot of platforms also um have um smart tracks smart contracts that you can use um that are already kind of cooked into the platform and so that's something to note that you don't need to have a custom smart contract um if you haven't built a project you might not even really know a ton about a smart contract in the first place um but yeah i think i think it's a really good opportunity for a developer to try to um i think the 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 relationship between a developer and art, artist is really cool and it being everyone's first time is a good place to start and probably less expensive. Thanks,
0: really guys. Good. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, thanks Tom. Great questions. Um, I'm going to move it on a little bit into the idea of like storytelling and narrative. Um, that's kind of the basis of this show really is our or my certainly conviction that actually the projects that make it long term in Web3 are the ones that are able to deliver a narrative or a storyline, and I don't mean like you know, Jack Ori. I don't mean about telling stories, but I just mean about like building a narrative that holders or people within the space can follow and engage with. And so, I'm really curious to know, like, what does building a narrative mean to you, Blair, and the project, and like, what what motivates you as an artist, a storyteller in Web three.
4: Hey, I, I'm uh, I'm going to chime in one one time just to say, to, it, that, to say things that I don't think that, that Blair could or would say. Uh, but what <laughs> I think is, is is so great about this, because Blair is so humble, is that, again, given she is a doxxed artist, I almost think of sisters, it's like her rookie card. And that's one of the cool things about uh, NFTs, um, is the idea that there will never be another first NFT collection from Blair. And she's going to continue creating work and partnering with fashion brands and being in magazines. And I think that it's kind—it's almost like buying stock in Blair by, uh, you know, aside from like in the art, even if you're just speculating, if you think as I happen to do, but a uh, side note, I'm also married to Blair. So <laughs> I, I'm her, I'm her biggest fan. But if you think that her quote unquote stock is going to continue to rise in general, just in the art world, then aside from loving the art and wanting one of the, these pieces, it, it could potentially work out financially uh, if you think her stock will rise. And if you believe in NFTs um, that why wouldn't you want one of the the first collection? And so that's why all along, even in, in the discord, back in January, we created a a channel, a page, and it was just said, it said the roadmap question. And again, that's a lot of what we've talked about today is it's saying, you know, what's on the roadmap. We want to make it abundantly clear that first of all, full stop, you know, not financial advice, all this stuff. You should only buy it if you like the art. Now there's other things that we're excited about. If you believe that Blair is an artist, if her stock will continue to rise, it could be, uh, you know, a a reason why you might want to get involved. If you want to meet other like-minded collectors, it could be a great reason to be involved. And sure. Blair going forward is going to continue to, with all these other collection or collaborations that she will continue to do. She's going to try to find ways to weave in sisters in some way. Um, and also to to the same brands that she's partnered with just as an individual artist. There'll be opportunities for the the collection to partner with them, but always making sure that there were no promises that if you come in because you like the art or you like the artist, that that could be a good place to start. Uh, And I think that that's why we've ended up with this group of collectors and sure. Do people come in for purely speculatory reasons? And then maybe they, you know, they're out in, in a day in days or weeks. Sure. Of course. But I think that, because we have started with the art and the artist Um, specifically to me that it it was a bit different. It's kind of like the combination of, you know, there are great collections like Tyler Hobbs and that's all about the art. And then there are, you know, communities where it's 10,000 PFPs and that's all about the community. And this is kind of a a hybrid where um, I think there's great art. There's a great artist. And there's opportunities for future collaborations and we're going to continue working to experiment. We just launched a collaboration with an accessories brand. Um, uh, there's going to be a collaboration coming up that we haven't talked about yet uh, next month, but that's my long winded way of saying that a lot of the narrative is so tied into Blair and herself as an artist and her, her future as an artist and the ways that she can kind of continue bridging the digital and analog world to, to, to tie in sisters to all the types of collaboration. she'll continue doing it as an individual artist.
3: Um, I also just have commentary. I think your um, passion about the narrative around NFTs is, um, I love that because I also feel like the narrative is so important. And um, one thing when collecting and also when I'm buying an NFT and also, again, when I'm talking to artists about that are interested in maybe making a collection is um, I always like to ask, like, why is this an NFT? Why why are you not just selling this, um, you know, on your website? Why are you not just sticking with, like, your gallery? And if they have a good answer for that, I think it's a good jumping off point to create a collection and that is, like, the base of your narrative. I think it's – I think the projects that are not going to really, like, um, last long – are the ones that have so many different purposes for being. It's a charity. It's also a DAO. It's also going to deliver merch in the future. And then it's also um, kind of about the art. And I think that's where a lot of projects are starting to kind of like um, become less popular. And I just don't think those are going to last as long because I agree with you that the narrative is super important. I think being doxed, a doxed team, um, can really – be a reason um for a project to take off and be successful because i also think that is um adds to the narrative and legitimacy of the project but i think we need to ask ourselves why is this an nft um when new projects are coming onto the
0: scene 100% i completely agree with everything you've just said there and it's so refreshing to hear like Founders, builders who share that view because long term, that is exactly how this space moves into the right space. Space into the right space? Into the right place. I don't know. Um, But yeah, really, thank you for that.
3: Um, And I think as an artist, too, it's okay to just embrace the narrative that you have this really cool component of forever royalties, maybe. I know that people are starting to talk about royalties more um, in a different way or going in a different direction. But I think that's really uplifting too, as, um, an artist first, our artist forward project or artist founded project is like, this is our kind of like our first chance to be able to really track the buyers, track the sales, like not have that middleman. And I think that it's really special to be able to embrace that and talk about that too. I think, um, I think, this is becoming less popular, but also a lot of projects that launched in around like the November and the, the, you know, big pump pumping time were including kind of like a charitable component, maybe just for vanity. I think it's great because it's really important to give back. But I also think that if you are an artist, like you can just be really happy and embrace the fact that this like new royalty technology or the ability to split royalties between artists or an artist and develop and a developer is like very cool um yeah very
0: cool thank you um i've got another question about like another arm of kind of what you are and who you do and what you represent as a as a creator that majors in collaboration and uh i've done about three days research blair so apologize if i'm wrong there but This whole kind of like view of you being able to work with lots of brands and that you get invited to contribute to the storyline of these brands and where they're going and what they're doing. And I'm talking about, as I said at the beginning of the show, the likes of Chanel, you know, what what are your intentions as a major collaborator? in which is a a collaborator such an overused word in web three but like what are your intentions to to use that and to bridge i I don't want to put utility in your mouth but you know what you know what i mean i'm I'm like is it your intention to continue to take on those kind of commissions and bring them into the web three space
3: exactly that's exactly what i hope to do and want to do i think that. yeah, we, we've talked a lot about utility and how maybe sisters don't have, have one that I feel like that's not really true. Like my hope, I just, I never wanted that to be the reason for existing. It's very important to me that, you know, this was art first, but my goal would be to bring sisters into a future fashion collaboration. For example, when I did packaging with Fresh, Fresh Cosmetics a few years ago, I did this really cute illustration of a, a girl splashing water onto her face, and um, and it was a really successful collaboration. It's one of one of the favorite my favorite things that I've ever done. I think that like that could be a sister splashing water on her face in the future. Like that's how I see incorporating the sister artwork into future partnerships. And I think that there's something interesting we could do where. Um, the sister that's featured on the packaging, like the owner of that sister would maybe get royalties or a kickback or something similar to what um, a lot of projects, how projects are being casted kind of in movies and, and the owner of like the ape or whoever is being featured in some kind of cartoon um, is benefiting from that. I think that the sister artwork is so similar to the artwork that I've provided to brands in the past like you said the big lips the big eyes um it has broad appeal like someone that doesn't own a sister might still really like the way that it looks and so if it is going on to something like packaging um the person that would have bought that before because they like the packaging would still like it even if it were a sister being predominantly featured um And that's something I also thought about when creating the sister collection is I I didn't want it to be like, all of a sudden me creating abstract artwork or something completely different. Like I, I think that there's a really big benefit and opportunity that the artwork is similar to what I've done in the past with brands and, or maybe another example would be like when I just worked on the Saks Fifth Avenue windows in March, I think it was, um, it was like really graphic black and white artwork but not too dissimilar from the sisters and it i mean why could the sisters not be in the Saks windows like i feel like they could they're very fashionable there's an the opportunity to, to dress them in brands like maybe um my pfp has sunglasses i could put like prada sunglasses on them and use them as kind of like a model or a spokesperson or kind of like an influencer um, so that is really like my hope for the future is that I will be able to start incorporating the artwork into um, like commercial brand partnerships potentially.
0: I love it, and and that's uh, I'm also a big fan of souls We had them on episode eight, um, and Craig was talking in a very very similar style in the sense that as a as a fashion illustrator or you know artist in the space, that really does feel like a really prominent way of being able to build intellectual property with your with your collection is to actually then attribute that to lots of other and become like the bridge for these brands to dip their toe in the water of web 3 and see if it's something that they they like the look of totally yeah okay um very very quickly let's talk about audience audience versus holders did you bring many of your existing collectors into web three with you or has it been like used as an opportunity to create a new community where you've brought your art to web three?
3: I, I really feel like it's kind of like 50 50. I have a lot of first time NFT owners in the sister community. And those are the people that came from my Instagram following. Um, And then I also really feel like I built a new community or new audience in, um, the web three space via Twitter and discord. It's, I don't have a lot of my Twitter followers are not really from Instagram. Um, and I was actually really excited about that as I kind of like touched upon earlier, I've been in this sort of Instagram world for a really long time. Um, and, And it worries me a little bit. I love Instagram so much. It's given me so many opportunities, um, but it does make me a little bit worried when they start kind of, when they're a little bit in control of who sees your post, et cetera. Um, And so I was really excited to actually build a new community um, via sisters. And and I really did that via Twitter and Discord. And um, I think I have a really, a lot of new, fans and collectors um, through sisters.
0: I like it. Thank you. Um, okay. I have a question that I, I ask most uh, people in uh, that we interview. If you could go back and tell yourself the most important thing to remember based on what you've learned since your Web3 project went live, what would it be and why?
3: Um, I think that I didn't really totally understand what volatility meant until I was actually in the space as a creator. Um, the ups and downs can be a lot emotionally, and I'm sort of like taking this in a non-technical. Um,
0: no, that's good. Route. It could be, t- be taken however you want to take it. But,
3: but it's it is uh, really different than just selling your art- artwork not in a volatile market, the like ups and downs of ETH dipping and, um, and the value of what my NFTs were worth in November versus now, um, is something that I didn't really totally understand. I, I didn't really, I wasn't, I'm not, I haven't really invested in the stock market a ton before. Um, being in the nft space either and so i just i really didn't understand that component and so um i think it's important to note before launching a collection um just it's a really volatile space like there are going to be really high highs really low lows and everything in between and it doesn't um, mean that your project is bad it doesn't mean that your project is really good your project value is based on the people that own it and also is like beholden to the value of crypto. So there's a lot of components that are not related to how good your artwork is or how hard you're working or how hard you're pushing. Um there's like a really big outside force that is at play in this space. And um yeah, it is it is really emotional. And so just remembering that this is a long game. Um so much has even changed since I've been in the place, but space but if you believe in nfts and crypto and web 3 um it's a long game and so just buckle up and and know that um it doesn't mean you're doing a good or bad job it's just there's a lot of components that are out of your control i've, I've just
0: I've, ri- I've just written down financial education for emerging artists i've because li- I've, it's a, it's just given me an idea for an article that i'd like to write because you're absolutely right. Like that is, you know, the volatility of ETH and the fact that the, you know, other economical, economic even, economic, um, you know, things going on all around the world really do have an impact on your collection and the apparent value of your collection. And you're absolutely right. Like, actually that shouldn't be the case. Um,
3: and so, those are
0: really, really important things to kind of take a bit more time to understand before you do take the plunge. I think that's fair.
3: Yeah, I mean, even some education around. Um, I know this is different for everyone in different places, but even taxes too. I know that's something that is, a lot of people have made a lot of money for the first time, and um, again, what ETH is worth now is different than what it was before, and the money that you owe back and there's there are there is a lot (laughs) that people could and should learn before um collecting and selling and creating and um i think that i would love to see what you have to write about it it's super important
0: yeah absolutely um thank you for that A, a really quick question then from your standpoint like what do you think is coming next for the nft space
3: this is always a really difficult question for me to answer.
0: It's kind um, of an impossible question.
3: <laughs> yeah, because it's also just, there are so many different like directions to be interested in. I, I'm really interested in, in digital wearables. Um, I learned about Fabricant at NFT NYC, and I think just that whole space really blows my mind and is super technical. But I think that um, I do really think like the metaverse and... Um, that whole new world of the metaverse and and what people can create there um, is really interesting and kind of the future Um, and then I also think that a lot of brands are really going to start using NFTs for loyalty programs which has already sort of started to happen Um, and then like I sort of mentioned earlier as far as being a collector I I think one of ones are really interesting and going to be really important if you're I think generative art is just this like whole new medium that is um, mind blowing and beautiful. And so I'm really interested in one of ones and um, generative artists and I think photography and photography and NFTs are really interesting. I think that um, there's a lot of first time benefits for photographers in the space. So I don't know, that didn't really totally answer your question, but those are the things that I'm most interested in. Well,
0: you, you gave us a broad spectrum to consider. And <laughs> I think that's excellent. <laughs> but I, you know, I think it's, uh, they're, they're all really, really valid. Wearables for me is a really exciting, um, exciting thing. And I think the work that Artifact are doing in the space is like, you know, exemplary and uh, and really, really exciting. I can't wait to watch what happens to that brand over the next few years and they are absolutely one of the projects that are going to make it. There's no doubt about it.
3: Yeah. I heard um, someone at NFT NYC and I said this on the last Twitter space that I was in, but someone had mentioned this thing about how um, like in Web3 and the metaverse, you can wear a waterfall. Like the, the, there are no parameters. It is just so crazy what you can do and what can be done. And, um, and I loved that. That's like kind of one of my favorite quotes (laughs) I
0: like it too, I've written it down Um, thank you Um, I mean that concludes my questions, Uh, Tom Spaceman Clemente, I don't know if you've got anything else you want to jump in with now or if maybe we just invite some people from the audience to join us? Yeah, it would be great Excellent, guys if if anybody from the audience does want to come up and ask Blair a question or Hayden for that matter um, please do Oh, I love this bit when nobody does. People are very, very uh, if, polite. If,
5: ben, if you don't mind, I'd love, I'd love to jump in and ask Blair and maybe please come in maybe, too. Please do. Just as far as an experience point of view, um, because what, what I love about these spaces, Ben, and I and kind of what I hate about it, because I, I commented in that in that chat is like when when you take thirty minutes, 20, 30 minutes, however long, and you give an artist uh, your your attention and you get you get to hear the story behind the art and the work that goes into it and the time that goes into it. And you get to actually hear their experience behind it. That's what makes you actually enjoy the art more. So I always find myself, I, I, I joke and then I kind of find myself always jumping on open sea and, and like going on your shows is bad for my, uh, my MetaMask wallet. Cause I always end up draining it after these shows, <laughs> but um what I was curious about was from like a a, a marketing point of view, um, for for nineteen eighty nine, like how do you guys focus on telling this story, um, and maybe like how do you focus on getting this story, um, and the experience and everything that Blair brings to the table? How do you guys focus on bringing that to as many people as possible through different mediums um, and, and talking about that story at a, at a higher frequency, whether it's through inst- your your mainstream audience or through this Web3 audience um, and maybe have these types of interactions more often. Because that, to me, is, is possibly the best way to push these art-based projects in the most effective way possible. But I'm curious from that marketing point of view.
3: This is very specific, but one of the things I did pre-launch um, is I – hired a videographer to create a video of me kind of like behind the scenes creating the project. And it's pinned. It actually might not be pinned to the top of Twitter right now because I'm, I just launched a collaboration, but up until about a week ago, it was pinned to the top of my Twitter and it showed me cutting out the assets in the collection and scanning. And there's a voiceover and it's like a one minute video but I think without that video, that's the first thing you see when you come to my Twitter. So if you're on the space and you went to my Twitter, you didn't know who I was, it's pinned to the top. And I think that that was actually a really useful tool in pre-launch in, and then also for new people that are coming to the Twitter. Um, is It was like kind of the only way that I could host my story somewhere. Um, I think that one thing that I wish some of the platforms had was a feature to to um, have more of a background story for every collection, because I agree, I think it makes, I think it can raise the value of a project knowing the way that it was created. Um, And so I think that, I hope that platforms will start kind of like having a place to list more information about the background, but I really do think that the video was like super helpful in promoting um, the project, and then also leaving it there for it's like the first thing you see when you come. Um, that that was really important part of the story, um, and I definitely used I did use Instagram to talk about the collection. I also now have 1989 Sisters has its own Instagram to continue talking about the story. But um, yeah, I loved. I love the video that I created, and I think it's a great tool for other people to use. I think Amber Victoria does a really great job with marketing and showing, like, without knowing how she creates her artwork, like, I definitely think her behind-the-scenes videos that she is always posting is a really good tool to, um, for her marketing. Like, I love the way that she does that. So I also have posted a lot of behind-the-scenes content on Twitter. I think that's important. Since I my project's hand drawn is um it's important to keep showing that I use tools like markers and watercolor to create the collection.
0: I think that's a great point. I think behind the scenes stuff gives a really nice like sense of connection to the artist as well. I think if you're not going to be able to go to galleries any longer and you're viewing this art, you know, via a screen from wherever you are, I think having the opportunity to see that that behind the scenes content and understand a little bit more and like hear your voice I think those things are really really important in terms of delivering that sense of like connection with you as an artist yes anyway (laughs) Um, okay well look guys we are at the hour and five minute mark and I like to keep these around the hour mark, so I think we might be there. We haven't had anybody ask to come up from the audience, but that's okay. I think we've been very thorough. Um, Leaves me uh, with the chance to just give everybody a little update this Thursday at a time to be confirmed. I will confirm it, but we are with Starcatchers, if anybody remembers Starcatchers from a few months back, which is a really exciting project um, with lots going on. Um, I will share that space uh, this evening or tomorrow when I've been able to work out exactly when we're going to run it. Um, But it would be great if a whole bunch of you could please make sure you follow me and I will um, post that up and give you all the heads up when that's coming. Thank you so much to Tom, to NFT Spaceman and to Clemente for joining me today, guys. You can come off mute.
2: (laughs) Thanks, Ben. Super kind. Uh, fantastic to hear from you. Uh, you guys uh, love the the nineteen eighty nine sisters, and uh, definitely be taking a look. Absolutely.
5: Yeah, this was great. Thanks so much. Thanks um, to everyone that, that listened in, Ben, for arranging this uh, nineteen eighty nine. For you guys jumping on, this was. It's always great to to jump into this and and get away sometimes from all the madness that goes on from like a market and floor point of view, and just focus more on creators which is i think the best support use case for for web3 is is to support this creator economy agreed tom yeah thanks guys really appreciate you
1: spending some time with us and getting to know you and learning more about your project and completely agree with the so um yeah thanks guys thank you so much
0: and then just to say thank you so much to hayden and to blair from uh one nine eight nine sisters um, I really really appreciate you guys coming up and joining us It's been fascinating to learn more about your project What you're up to But also just to speak with you guys as as good people
4: in the space Well thanks so much for including us It's always fun uh, to uh, have a platform to share Blair's story and her art And great to see the, some members of the sisterhood in the audience and, and really appreciate it And thanks also just for everything you do Ben To uh, highlight many great uh, artist-led collections Thank you
3: Thanks so much for having me. This was a really great conversation.
0: Thank you so much. I will share when this becomes a podcast, hopefully, a little later this evening. Just leaves me to say thank you all for joining us and uh, have a wonderful day, good morning, good evening, good night, wherever you are in the world. Thank you so much and uh, take care. Bye bye. Thank you. Have a great bye. day. Bye. Bye, everybody.